0: Greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining the conversation. This is your host, C.J. Ward, and I'm joined again today with my awesome co-host, Dana Brando. Dana, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good, blessed, and highly favored.
0: <laughs> hey, amen to that.
1: <laughs> Take to the church for you today.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I'm here with you. So, uh, you know, now to here at uh, A Conscious Conversation is a term, as a conversation that requires only two or more willing individuals, an open and honest conversation, a conversation with the intent of proving the quality of life for the entire country and not just for select groups of this United Nation. So let us have a seat and discuss. So today, Dana and I are joined with the awesome and dynamic Miss Kara Stewart. Welcome today, Kara. How are you doing today?
2: Thank you. Hi. Thank you. That was very kind. Um, well, you know, like, like a lot of days, I am uh, running behind and trying to keep things together. but so I'm happy understand. to be here to talk to you all.
0: Hey, we understand. No, definitely. No worries. So uh, if you would like to introduce yourself to the people just so they know who you are, what field you're in, and uh, we can just go from there.
2: Um, well, I am a person who's born and raised at the head of a hauler in Eastern Kentucky. Um, I spent most of COVID back in that hauler, and it, that was wonderful, but I also live in Covington in Northern Kentucky, um, and I am married, I have a 12-year-old son who is actually a relatively new addition to our family, just a little a year ago, um, and we yes. And I work as an advocate. I work at Kentucky Voices for Health, which is a statewide nonpartisan nonprofit. Um, I've worked in nonprofit life my whole career, worked um, well with a tiny stint in state government. I was the chief of staff for the House Democrats in Frankfurt. Um, but yeah, so I've always done mission driven service work for my daytime and always tried to fill in where, you know, where where my talents fit in my community. I'm always trying to find the place where um, my skills fit in my community. Um, Cause a lot of times it's really easy to um, just do what comes in front of you. And I'm always trying to um, rebalance that scale to figure out where are the needs in my community mm-hmm. and where are my talents and how can I blend those in a way that um, has the best impact. That's, That's awesome.
0: So with everything going on in this world right now, we just, you know, I, I can't even list the things. No. What
1: are, <laughs> you can't.
0: <laughs> you can't, right? So, uh, you know, what are some of the needs that like maybe community-based, uh, maybe statewide or even nationwide that uh, really re- is requiring our attention right now? Uh,
2: well, that list is infinite um, because we live in a state of deep, deep injustice and deep in inequality and inequity. Um, and so, but I try not to get overwhelmed by that. And, you know, it's every day I tell myself, I do the best I can with what I got where I am. Um, but I'm also, you know, trying to figure out, I wake up every day, what am I wrong about? What do I need to understand differently? Who knows something about that that I don't know? I mean, anytime I need to understand something, I assume someone has spent their career figuring whatever that was out right? There is probably a book or 10 about whatever I'm trying to understand. (laughs) Um, And so I'm trying to figure that out, but sort of a couple of overwhelming things right now is we are, we're still in this global pandemic, which has changed everything about our world. And none of us really know how to process that constant collective anxiety because we all have a slightly heightened level of anxiety, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we also have, more honesty coming to the what has always been existing of horrible racial injustice in our country like that's not new we started yeah. with we, you know we started having uh black people in america by horribly like abusing and kidnapping them and hauling them across the boat from west you know west africa like there is no worse way to get started we didn't ever really fix it um, and now we are uh, um, having a tiny little opening where more people are willing to talk about what that means. And even feeling hope for that, though, is really scary and hard for me. And I'm a white lady. So, but it, that even feeling like, oh, these conversations, because I went to Bria College where those conversations did happen every day in my life 20 mm-hmm. years ago. And then I left there and it was like, yeah. Nobody talked about it. Right. I was like, yet it's still
1: going on,
2: right? And so I, you know, I had this experience where I spent four years, like almost every day, talking about how white supremacy is baked into every part of our day and every part of our lives, and baked into the way we, you know, whatever it is. If there's something about how we fill prescriptions, it's probably white supremacy baked into it, you know. And it's just a matter of figuring out where it is or how it is. To just all of a sudden, that was not a part of any conversation anywhere. Um, At least not Mm -hmm. where I was. Um, And so now that door has been opened up again, which is hopeful and scary um, because you have to be vulnerable to have that hope that the conversation will continue. Um, And that it'll bring change because it's, it's one thing to have the conversations,
1: but it's another thing to actually bring change from it because we can have a whole lot of conversations and then go home and do nothing different. Right
2: but, and change is hard, even if it's good change, yeah. you know even if you get a new job, it's still scary and hard, even if it's great, and if you move, like moving is a trauma in the d s m right even if you're moving for a good reason
0: Yes. so speak over you <laughs> know like,
2: like good good changes is still hard and it's still a trauma, so we are all sort of collectively, i hope choosing to engage in a different kind of of vulnerability and trauma to. To change the way we do a lot of stuff. But yeah, we have to change, you name it, we have to change it. You um, right. Everything is on the table
1: to uh-huh, change, right? I love that you said you wake up thinking, what am I wrong about? I've not ever heard anyone say that. And I love that you said that because you know, we always think <laughs> Tell people, I'm not I'm right ninety-nine percent of the time. Like what's wrong? But there's there are things that I'm probably wrong about, right? And so that's whole vulnerability to say you're wrong about something?
2: Well, I look for it. I don't, I don't always pray at it. Um, you know, but, <laughs> but I do look for it, uh, because the people that I find to be, the people that I find the most difficult to interact with are people who really struggle with being wrong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that's why I'm like the safest place for me is to constantly remind myself that there are things I am deeply wrong about, from ignorance, or from mm-hmm. miseducation. You know, like I'm not I'm not judging myself for yeah. for not knowing something or being wrong about it. I just like to keep. Um, yeah, they agree. My pups agree. I just like to you know keep my mind open to the fact that that's true. And also, I'm a stubborn person, so it takes me extra. So if I don't start thinking about it when I wake up. I'm not
0: going to get there. Hey, listen, when I tell you, I appreciate your transparency so much because I know I'm a stubborn person and, uh, you know, I try to be aware of that and, you know, move accordingly. And uh, when you spoke about certain traumas, even when you're moving for a good reason. Yeah. The experiences and the trauma that I experienced going to Tulsa, although for a good experience. Yeah. I mean, it, it almost was to my detriment. Uh, you know, wow. even in the midst of the pandemic and, uh, you know, even right now with everything that's going on in Kentucky, you know, with the thunder, the uh, tornadoes, mm-hmm. the uh, devastation. So, yeah. uh, you know, shout out to to Mayfield, uh, you know, when this airs, it may be after the fact, but at the same time, the trauma is still there. So yeah. you know, I'm, I'm trying to be a resource uh, ongoing because, you know, even past the initial event, there's residue of trauma that still remains, and if that's unaddressed, it's just going to remain. So, uh, you know, when you talk about, you know, like stubbornness, and you know, you know, revealing about yourself and being open about yourself, I think that's the only way that you can change is once you own up to what you know what you need to change. So, uh, you know, as 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 Dana said, you know, I haven't taken that perspective. But, uh, you know, when I when I start the day, I'm just like, all right, so what do I need to do today that's part of my purpose or what I'm here for? But Mm -hmm. I think adding that would just, you know, uh, bring a little bit better, uh, better results. So um, I appreciate you for that. How do you think that that ideology could help not only the U.S., but Kentucky, uh, like owning up to certain things that. Haven't been on route to before in the past or present.
2: We have to. I mean, well, it would um if if we're not much more honest about our history, which means you have to admit that a lot of what you learned in school is wrong because you were taught you were taught a very um whitewashed history. I mean, my son's homework assignment over the weekend. I wasn't doing it. My husband was doing it with him because he's a teacher and also I needed a break, but he came, my husband came out of there and was like, I cannot believe at his hippie dippy lefty Montessori school. They gave him this reading assignment where, you Mm -hmm. know, their school is based on peace and justice and community. They have a weekly community class about how important community is and what your role is in community. I mean, it's like a beautiful school. Yeah. And yet he had this assignment that had two sections in it about it sort of positively framed a question around how the world had changed after the triangular trade of you know enslaving people
1: triangular trade
2: that's <laughs> what we're calling <laughs> that now that's what we're calling it now <laughs> triangular trade <laughs> and, and i was okay. just i mean we were both like we told him you do not have to read this we do not want you to read this you know this is we're not going to do this. We're going to talk about why you're not going to. Um, But I was like, this is 2021. And I, I I, I hoped. of course we, we contacted the teacher, but I hope that the teacher like hadn't really read it and just pulled it from something or read a description. I hope, but like even that, like think and think about, um, I took a quiz that Dr. Ricky Jones made for joke earth and, Half of the answers I knew I learned from my husband who teaches American history. I learned from him in the last few years. I did not learn them in elementary school, middle school, Mm -hmm. high school, or college, you know? And I learned an incredibly wrong, you know, description of so many things in our culture and so many things, especially about the post civil war, you know, America, like Mm -hmm. I remember, you know, I was a, I should not have been. This is not true. But I was an adult visiting D.C. and learned about all of the members of Congress who were black men from Mississippi and how Mississippi had this amazing black delegation in Congress. Um, And then, of course, through terrorism and through legalizing terrorism against black people, that changed. And like, but I should have known that long before. And so I I forgive myself for not knowing it. But well, I, that's, that's the thing, You didn't know it, neither did we, so,
0: right.
1: uh, and there's, why, well, it goes back to what you said about white like, supremacy being embedded in our everything, and so, um, I think we can't continue to have the excuse that we don't know, So the information's out there, we to be open and willing to accept it and get it, right? So we know the whole story.
2: Yeah. Dana, have you ever listened to the You're Wrong About podcast? No, but you're bringing out kind of little juice for me today. <laughs> so you, be- you will not be disappointed. Um, okay. the, real, the number one thing about that podcast, um, which I, I'm like, the number one thing about it is they're, they don't add anything new in that wasn't publicly available at the time. Mm-hmm. So, so, they're telling you how wrong we all were about this, which, trust me, we're all really wrong. Um, because, you know, but it's, they are only explaining it through what was available at the time. Because the first time I listened to it, I was like, well, yeah, but I heard this, this, mm-hmm. and this about this. And then they're like, yeah, you did. But also, this was available and you missed it. You're right. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay.
2: So- I'll take a look at that. Love mm-hmm.
0: it. But- Like, while you were speaking about this, uh, and also, I mean, listening to both, um, with the Juneteenth last year, like, or this year, uh, you know, how many years has it been and people didn't know about it? I didn't learn about Juneteenth until I lived in Texas. And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I knew about 8th of August because Western Kentucky, that's when the information said it reached there. And that's all I knew. But I didn't know about Juneteenth. And then you have mm-hmm. not only this year when they finally recognize it as a federal holiday. We're not talking about state. Federal, this is also around the same time that they also enter things in legislation to where uh, with certain things of history, they may not or shouldn't be taught in, in school. So once again, the information may be, may be there, but is it really being sourced out? Or is it really being discussed? Is it really being accepted? Um, and I mean, I, I know you're in the human uh, healthcare uh um, field. And I know you were talking about how other uh, facets of our uh, nation and everything else does have white supremacist origins. How does that cross over or how has that crossed over into healthcare?
2: Um, it's horrible. I mean, I, I don't know how much we can get into about that in specifics because it is awful. I mean, I'll, let's just start with one that I, I just can never get out of my mind, that black women die at twice the rate of white women giving birth.
1: Yeah.
2: In Kentucky. Now, it's like four times in Texas. But first off, women should not be dying giving birth. It's true. Shouldn't be happening. Um, So we have, we have like a big, we have a big problem there. We have like a lot of sexism that has been baked in and that we do not, you know, I mean, we were like researching ovarian cancer on men until not that long ago and men don't have ovaries. So it, you know, just utter nonsense um, the way that we just did not include women, you know, in, into science, into our research. So, and then you add in the racism that's there and you end up with literally double the rate and it's 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 devastating um and that kind of carries through to lots of parts of healthcare. one that's really in kentucky right now that's so earlier cj when you were talking about with the tornadoes the acute trauma right now, and people are willing to take water and diapers and food for the acute trauma, but that chronic trauma will continue. And there has to be that same level of energy for for the chronic trauma to heal also, and the same sort of honesty around the need and how people are not yelling at each other right now because they understand the acute trauma. It's the same kind of way with like charity versus policy. People like charity. They like to give food and um, I like to help people sleep somewhere tonight. not understand that, but then to donate to people who are lobbying to change the laws around our housing and around our food systems are, is way less sexy and way less interested, even though really mm-hmm. that would make a bigger change and prevent the need for that charity. So that like switching your systems thinking is true for the tornado right now. It's true for every day in our healthcare policies, you know, um, and it's especially true. The most, the most um, intense, I think version of this, challenge of acute and chronic right now is with um hiv and in louisville kentucky
0: really right
2: uh see dana this is the thing nobody knows about it because it has been this such a long chronic issue that you know we we kind of forget about it but we're actually in a acute pandemic right now And we've got, there's a, I'm going to blank on his name right now. I'm going to try to look it up and figure it out. There is a black man who is a researcher at the University of Louisville who is doing a really great job of trying to answer the question, why? Why are black women getting HIV at eight times the rate of white women, even though black women use condoms at a much higher rate than white women? So black women are having way less unprotected sex and getting HIV at eight times the rate. Wow. So why? Right. Why? Um, and there is, like I said, um, a professor at the University of Louisville who is also a Black man who is trying to answer that question. But his, his concern when I met with him was that you can't answer it fast enough to stop the acute problem. We have, you know, we have mm-hmm. this, it's, it's really an acute problem in Louisville. Um, and it's the reason I my guess that the reason that it's not on the news is because it's a problem for black Kentuckians in Louisville, right? It's a problem for everybody, but, but the act with the really like the high numbers, the scary is coming out of, and it's in my, this is now, I don't, I'm not the scientist. I'm not researcher. I do not know this. I am convinced that it is related to the over incarceration in our like carceral system. Um, mm. Yeah, well, because, in my mind it makes sense because we over-incarcerate black men at such a crazy rate. Sure. Um, sure. You know, like it's—I mm-hmm. mean, I, I'm a prison abolitionist. I believe burn it down, blow it up. I would like if, if there was a way today, um, you know, if there was a way today that I could somehow make sure no one got hurt, but I could blow the walls off, I would do it and just take whatever penalty there was because I find it to be such a broken, unjust system. Um, I don't—I don't understand why anyone wants to continue it. It doesn't work. Right, <laughs> so let's well,
0: it, it depends on who it works for, okay? All <laughs> so, right, <sure. laughs> all right. So, yeah. <laughs> it, it's working for some people, yeah. You know I mean?
2: Okay, you're right, it, it does work if you're looking to maintain white supremacy and you're looking to keep people enslaved and have them right. making candles in western Kentucky trapped in a factory. Yes, it works, yeah. But if you respect the humanity of others, right. And, would like to have some modicum of justice, it is a complete nightmare failure.
0: Right, right. I agree.
2: And it works for those trying to make a profit. Yeah, you're have trying. to put that on the table. But if you want to make our community safer, it doesn't work. If your goal is safety in your community, if your goal is, you know, because we decide what crimes are anyway, but if you want no one to get hurt in your community, that doesn't help. Clearly, because people you know. still get hurt. We have, there would be absolutely no one getting hurt in our communities whatsoever, but there are because the way we lock people up only creates more trauma it only creates more isolation and only increases the risks, you know, of, of it makes more hurt people and hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. Oh, yeah. So, like, it doesn't come from nowhere, and we are creating the trauma that creates the new trauma. It is our fault collectively, most more white people's fault, but our fault collectively also. So, um, and I just like to make sure that I say things like that in lots of different rooms and lots of different meetings because that's something, Dana, that I think I can do. Mm-hmm. That's an action, even though it's a conversation, it's still an action I can take when the meeting is not about incarceration. The meeting is not about, you know, how to be anti racist today kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, but I can always bring it up. And I, you know, oftentimes I put it in my little Zoom name. You know, I'll be like, really? Hara. Prison, yeah, I put care, prison abolitionists, because it's (laughs) it's a conversation starter, and someone will send me a direct chat about it, and I will say, I am an attorney. I don't know if I mentioned that, Dana, but I'm an attorney. Okay. I do not believe that this system has any capacity for reform. It's not. It's it's a failed experiment, and we need to start over.
1: Yeah, I love that. That's your that's activism for real.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You appreciate it. You're appreciated. Yeah.
2: So it's, you know, it's, it is still a conversation, but I know that I get to some people in some meetings that w- aren't going to hear that. They're not, they're not seeking out the same podcast. I seek out. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so what, what could be done? I, I, I completely agree that it's a broken system. Um, I mean, it's supposed to be rehabilitation and most supposedly, uh, but it just builds on more trauma. Yeah. So what what should happen besides, you know, turn it down and really start from scratch?
2: Yeah, I'm not confident that we can get to tear it down and we'll start from scratch in my lifetime. Right. Um, so I have accepted that in the same way I accepted that 15 years ago, we weren't going to make sure that everybody had all their health care needs met at the time of service with no cost to them because it should be baked into our shared resources. I've accepted that that wasn't going to happen either. And so I worked really hard on the ACA Medicaid expansion, even though I don't think that's a great law it was by far the best that's happened in our lifetime and by far the best we could we can make happen politically so I try to be a pragmatist and live in reality in terms of who else is around me and where they are in their journey to understanding our, our greater community and our greater needs and how to live more equitably and say okay let's really focus on making sure everybody gets an ID when they get out let's focus on getting some more um, justice oriented and we did pass that, House Bill 497. Now you can get at least an ID, um, which can really go a long way. Right. Because um, people, we, we throw people out and literally at midnight at 3 a.m. with nothing. And you expect them to, to somehow be successful in the system designed for their failure after you just took any resources they had away, took another notch down out of their, out of their shoes and said, good luck to you. Like, what? What?
0: And and they also say don't go around people you used to, to be don't go with around nobody you ever knew before. So what are you supposed to do? How
2: did you give them a list of new friends? Like what what is your plan here? Right, so um so I, I put them in places where they can meet
1: new people, right? Um but can I ask a question? Pause for a second. Tell me why why do you even continue to put people out at those godful hours of the night? Like
2: Dana, I promise that How I. Is that? we, because we're assholes. <laughs> because we okay. have no intention of be doing kindness. You know, we've no... Okay. In- okay. No intention of kindness. That you makes know. sense. Or, or just Like, there's absolutely no, no no intention there. So, but I will say this. Yeah. Not all jails do that. So, like, okay. you know, I never want to be a person that sits here and says, jail can be good. Can't be good. Can't be good. It's bad. Um, you know, but Like Kitten County doesn't do that. Warren County doesn't do that. Warren County was already giving people IDs. You know, they, Warren County was already doing some, some slightly Mm -hmm. better kind of things. Um, So, you know, we, that's, I try to chip away at the edges and be supportive of people that are chipping away at the edges and look for small wins that don't prevent a bigger win down the road, because you don't, I I don't ever want to get distracted by a small win that takes any of the political um, will away so like an easy example from my work was in smoke-free. Um, I got several examples there, you know, but for years, there was a push for smoke-free schools. Well, most schools already are smoke-free. Not all, but most are. And that was actually something that was pushed to prevent there being focused on smoke-free indoor workplaces. Now mm. schools are mm. indoor workplaces. So if you pass yes. statewide smoke-free <laughs> indoor workplaces, schools are covered. But, but wait for it, so are. Bartenders, and we yeah. can't care about them, you know. So, okay. <laughs> in so I did not support smoke free schools, and that kind of makes me sound like the asshole. You don't care about smoke free schools? No, Mm-mm. first off, most of them are, and they children. There's children in schools, so I support smoke free indoor workplaces, which would cover schools. And I don't want to lose the political will that we've got out there because yeah. once something gets passed, it's highly unlikely very soon we're going to pass another thing in the same kind of area, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You so, got to win the thing,
1: war, not just a little battle.
2: And so the, I will yeah. find incremental things I can do, Dana. And I will find incremental things I can, I can support and, and push it other ways, but I try to always keep in mind and game out. Is this an increment that does not help me get to a larger change? And that's a, hard, that's a hard, those are hard questions. Yeah. I get, it, I get it wrong. Spoiler. Um, <laughs> But I try real hard to only support things that create try to build more power. The the test I ask is in doing this, will we build more power? Mm-hmm. So with, with the IDs, to me that was easy. Mm-hmm. If someone has an ID, yes, it still sucks that we locked them up and treated them, we dehumanize them. It's awful. Um, but that person is more able and more with same with restoring voting rights, you know. Yeah. Um, Governor Bashir's order did not go far enough and didn't make it easy enough by a long shot. He, I, I have no idea why he like was willing to go 70% and like just why you, what, why are we leaving out these other folks? Um, but that gives more power. So I still supported it. Oh, yeah. you know, I I criticized it, but I supported the heck out of it and talked to everybody I could about it um, Mm -hmm. and also promoted it. It's like, even though I don't think it's the right policy, I don't think it hurts us getting a better policy because it builds power. So that's that's my, like, that's my test for... I like that. I like it a lot. Is this increment, can I support this incremental change without sort of dishonoring the change we need? And my test for that is political awareness... <laughs> um, and will it build power? Uh-huh.
0: So so, so what? Go ahead, Dana. All we
2: have, is, all we have, is our community, right? That's all we have. Real people are our power. Thank we you. all we got. But we have, we have torn that out of people's minds and experience so much, and told them that they do not matter, that it does not matter, so many different ways that it's really hard.
1: Mm-hmm. Go yeah, go ahead, Dana. you're right. I was just going to ask. So when you talk about healthcare. Um, and building power there, what's going on now that you're advocating for or not advocating for that others can get behind or be against? Because um, I think that's important, right? So, Because there's so many things, just like you mentioned the whole thing in, in, with, about AIDS and Louisville and all of that stuff, we, some, we don't know. And we don't even know where to get the information if we want to know. So it would be helpful to share that information with us as well.
2: Yeah. um, Well, I'm going to put a plug in for our newsletter because our newsletter is worth it and good. We have, we do go to kyvoicesforhealth.org and you can sign up for our newsletter. It's free, great value. But you know, once a week, then you get kind of a, a three minute read of what's going on. And one thing you can do, like, you know, and what I tell people is my Monday mornings, I have an alarm set that says, Monday mornings, I make five calls. Usually, Mitch, Rand, you know, my congressperson and then my state representative and my state legislator. And usually I can do that in less than five minutes. And usually I say the same thing, you know? <laughs> so, um, but just pick something and say it because then they, somebody in that staff office will get to know your name and then they will remember you when you call back again. And it's five minutes out of my week, but it builds a relationship eventually. Um, but the something that's going on right now is getting community health workers reimbursable by medicaid so we have community health workers right now community health workers are an anti-racist opportunity because they're already very strong in the black communities in kentucky because they're they're that usually older lady who knows the stuff who knows where to go who knows what to do and that information may be spread in in a beauty supply store it may be spread at an after church meal you know like but it's it's paying her to do what she's already doing, which then mm-hmm. gives her much more power. Um, and finding those leaders and finding those young people who want to be leaders in their community in a way that doesn't require any formal education, right? It just requires being an active community member and knowing about the resources around you. Okay. So that's kind of what a community health worker is. It's a member of the community that already exists, doesn't have to do anything special. There is a state certification, but it's a very simple. Um, It's more about just, I know that these resources exist kind of thing, but Eastern Kentucky has one of the highest rates in the country of community health workers, and it's been able to turn around some really terrible health outcomes. And so we know that we know it works. I mean, it was a cost effective way to find, to invest in community. So, right. It's pretty simple. So I want to do that. And I don't ever want somebody to work just, just billing Medicaid because, if you're just billing Medicaid, you're only serving bill and Medicaid, and that's not the whole community. But yeah. I do want community health workers to be reimbursable so that can be, like, a sustaining piece of income. Hey,
0: mm-hmm. I can say, I'm like, I fit that category. Please. Like, yeah, <laughs> <help>. <laughs> like, <I know.
2: laughs> right. Yeah, CJ, you could easily be a community health worker. Absolutely. In fact, like, you are. It, it was just a matter of, like, recognizing that identity. And it And then also, yeah, but figuring out how you get paid enough hours a week to do what you're already doing as a community connector. Because
0: right now, it's funny, solely by self. (laughs) mm -hmm. So that added support can go a long way. Yes. So these these resources. And I don't want
2: somebody taking a garbage, you know, not garbage. mm, I don't want somebody taking a job that's not using their talents to to the highest of their ability. You know, like that same person may end up getting a retail job that they're great at. They're so good, but that's not the best use of their time Mm -hmm. and treasure, you know? So, so this is just a kind of a tiny thing. It's, but that I think could have a big impact and is also a way that we can attack some of the racism, you know, like this, what can we do that this is a all ships rise, but also does have that specific equitable outcome that we've seen in other places. So funding, making community health workers reimbursable. Okay. yeah, and I, I think we're going to do it. The administration has kind of, probably well, have promised they'll do it, but they haven't done it yet. Um, but we also have some majority support, a.k.a. Republican support in the legislature to do it. So we've, we've got that. That's great. Yeah, well, that's what you have to have. So, yeah. um, so we, we've got so, the right people, hopefully.
0: So awesome. how can people support this effort Um uh, like I said, regardless of when this comes out, how can they be supportive? Um, because I mean I, I could just see this there there's several people that come to mind. I'm just like, you know, I appreciate them for the service and their advocacy and they're d- literally doing it just from their what's inside of them. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, it's not just I know I, I say, yeah, I, I could qualify, which mm-hmm. I could, but I, I just know there's a lot of individuals that uh, are selfless and they yeah. do this work with you know, no support, but um, you were talking about policy and putting things and getting things passed. What is the process of doing those type of, uh, those endeavors? It may be a lot of questions, but I was going to
2: say, no, that's just a whole other, um, you know, that's a whole other hour. I got slides on that one. (laughs) you. You know, I, I've, I've worked really hard to, to cram that down into like a one hour slideshow kind of presentation about how to do that in Kentucky and the different, what different paths to do that. Um, but all it really takes is a small group of people that will be obsessed with it. You know, mm-hmm. and if, if you can get that, it's the Margaret, it's that quote, the Margaret Mead quote, it really is just a small group of people who are willing to put their time and attention into making it happen. Um, and it does take a little bit of the stars aligning and it does take a little bit of, you know enough political savvy to make a good plan and power map and find the right, um, the right person to champion it. And then also work in it. Cause even if you get a bill, even if you have a bill, a good, good bill, and you've got 95 members of the hundred of the house who put in writing, they'll vote yes on it. That doesn't mean it becomes a law. It doesn't mean it passes the house. Mm. That happens every session. It doesn't even pass the house, even with, 95 people swearing up and down the same publicly, they'll vote yes on it. Doesn't yeah. Because if the five that don't want to do that, include say the floor leader who calls the bills to the floor, it's never getting called to the floor. So they mm-hmm. never get to vote on it. So uh-huh. you just, you, you did all that work. You could have been busting your ass for years and it's never going to get called to the floor. So it's never going to even pass the house, much less become law. So you have to have a strategy to get the right people in the right kind of combination to want to want it and to work within that, to, to work the bill, to make it become a law. Cause there are, you know, 10,000 ways to kill a bill, maybe a million, but there's only one for it to become a law. Gotcha. You know, so but I am happy anytime I will give any, I will do any level of advocacy one-on-one, how to do administrative advocacy. There's opportunities all the time, how to do legislative advocacy, how to, you know, the, any of that I'm always willing to help people with what I know about that handhold, encourage, pick something, train, whatever, because I, there's nothing, there's no better use of my time than that because I know how to do it. And it's, it's, we don't have to have the charity if we do that and we change the laws.
0: Absolutely.
2: And we implement them and we demand that it works and we demand that it look the way it was supposed to, the way it was intended, that it does justice.
1: Right. And hold people accountable. Yeah. When it, any of that goes right or when it go- falls apart. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
2: That's what the courts are yeah. supposed to be for, but we may have lost that. So There's now we a just have So that's what the courts are supposed to be for, but we may have lost that. Because we mm-hmm. may have um we may have lost we may have lost our court system for now. Mm-hmm. Or maybe ever, maybe a generation. I don't know. But it's um, it's corrupted right now on a level that's hard, hard to dig out of.
0: If I know that this could bring out a, a whole nother hour, but can you at least touch on some of the corruption that's going hmm. on in the court system right now? Because unfortunately, I've had to have dealings with uh, the court system, whether it be Sucks. from a parking ticket Sucks. to, uh, you know, troopers that lied, et cetera, et cetera.
2: They lie, cops lie. Hey, CJ, cops are constitutionally allowed to lie it's called mm. low-level trickery
0: hey they listen are, listen lies, up folks listen up folks
2: <laughs> their lies are constitutionally protected now yours and mine aren't i mean i can get in a whole lot of trouble if i lie lawyers lie um well lawyers usually really smart lie so they just really omit and carefully shape but it's still kind of a lie Into to a normal person it's still a lie but it's not like a legal lie um which is also trickery but that's also legal um, but cops are straight up allowed to lie. The legal standard, the constitutional standard is called low-level trickery. They can tell you they have proof and evidence that they don't have. That's fine. They're allowed to do that. And
0: so it's like what are we supposed to do? Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like, and honestly, you know, the, the young men that I mentor, uh, even the ones my age that we have conversations, the elders that just try to speak, hey, just, you know, take this because this could lead to other detriment. Uh What are you supposed to do when...
2: The whole system's broken, CJ. You cannot win in it.
0: We cannot win.
2: You cannot ask me how you can win (laughs) in a broken system where it's not possible for you to win, because my answer is, it's not possible.
1: It's not possible to win.
2: It's not possible.
1: So My goodness. I mean, I
2: have a a justice committed justice doer. I went... I have a law license because I thought I needed to add that tool to my toolbox and that reason that people go to law school, but we are all so wrong. That's not what it does at all. It just takes away your ability to be a real person and it takes away your ability to, it, it just takes away. It does not add anything. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: So you, you brought up a point. Once uh, again, it feels like- I'm sorry, was, I'm
2: such a Debbie Downer, but there is- No, no, no. no.
0: This is a Reality is what it is. Open Yeah, um with so uh I, I was speaking one of the conversations i've had they were telling me there was a difference between when you face in the court or a municipal court state court to where either you're looked at as a corporation or as a real individual or real person uh are you, are you in uh, reference to what i'm, I'm saying or my i I'm totally off so um with that said, uh, I mean, there's so many different things with the court that I had to learn on my own. I, I feel like I should be compensated for like learning laws as a lawyer <laughs> or something. Yeah. As, as I know, you know, it's definitely a, a, a stringent process. And I give uh you know accolades and salute to you know any any attorneys, uh, any lawyers that that go through that that process, barring everything else. But uh I've had many <laughs> conversations. They don't, you remember when I was telling you about 2019 where I was literally going east and west, north and south? Yeah. Uh, you know, I spoke with people that were homeless all the way to, you know, those that were making moves in their particular sector, uh, you know, uh life-changing. And uh many of the conversations, I was like, so what about the, the uh judicial system? And it was like, Look, only thing we can tell you is just learn your laws, learn your rights. And not only just, that your won't rights, help you. It the laws still are It still won't.
2: That's bad advice because the laws are not just, and so it doesn't matter if you know them. Um, and cops are allowed to lie, so it doesn't matter if you know them. And prosecutors have way too much unchecked power, so it doesn't matter.
0: So, and and I, there there may be situations where we're like, look, we don't have an answer, or there may not be Silas based on the the, the information, but. Literally what are we supposed to do?
2: Elect prosecutors a- like the one in Philadelphia. You know, like um elect sheriffs like the woman in New Orleans who was just elected and only 50,000 people voted. I mean, New Orleans is like a 400,000 plus person city and 50,000 people voted. Y'all, like nobody. Nobody. Yeah. Um but they turned out people to vote for her and I trust and believe that she will behave differently. And maybe cops will stop murdering people left and right, especially, you know, black men. I, I, maybe. So, I mean, I I can't guarantee it, but I do see the difference in who we're putting in jail. You know, that Philadelphia prosecutor, when he was like, So our prosecutors. They got no checks on them except the ballot box. That's it.
0: Wow. They can do whatever they
2: want. They have total discretion. They don't have to prosecute anybody. I could, you know, walk up and murder somebody right in front of the prosecutor and 16 police officers they don't have to charge me they, they don't have to prosecute me you know or they can they can choose to based on nothing so like they have total prosecut- prosecutorial discretion they have the capacity to do by far the most justice but they they typically instantly are by far the most uh, anti-justice doers because they are rewarded for succeeding, which means incarcerating people. Right. So their... are um, The incentive is very. Measurements. Yeah.
1: They're. they're um, well. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> What they are measured on is not right, but who's gonna change it? Because they would probably have to be the ones to change it, and they're, they're not. gonna, gonna change do. it. Yeah.
2: They're gonna change it. The the sure. only, you can change who the prosecutor is, which is what they've done in Philadelphia. And so now that prosecutor says, we're not putting people in jail over this, 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 just not doing it. Zero. Don't care what the facts are. They're not going to jail for any of these things. Um, and that same prosecutor says, when you go in to say you are going to charge someone, you have to say how much it will cost to incarcerate them and why what they did justifies that. So but that's the only prosecutor in the country who's doing that. But, oh you know. But we could pass a law to say they all have to. They all have to do a table of the pros and cons. And they all have to say, why spending that 30 grand a year in Kentucky? Y'all think about it. It costs more to incarcerate someone in Kentucky than it does to pay for them to go to college. Including their living expenses if they're at a state school. So in what universe are we bettering our community in a better way by isolating them um, and dehumanizing them um, exposing them to other people who are in absolute crisis and at their worst place in life, yeah. versus enriching them in a community with people who are looking to a more positive future and understanding things more.
0: Yeah. <sighs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Just let me thought. ask you this: So, the United Nations, which you know formulated, uh, you know, post World War II, for equality, equity, uh, human rights. As, as far as like the thinking about the larger vision, how would the UN fit into some of these travesties that are literally happening every day here?
2: Mm, we're in violation of all of it. So. <laughs> not close. Could, pardon? It's not close. We violate all close. of it.
0: So what could be done? How could we utilize some of those things that were like the reason that the UN was formed? <laughs> DJ, okay. we're a big
2: bully, and so we're not, I mean, we would have to be the ones that enforce that. We, so y'all know that joke about when they, it's one of them, the movie or something where they're um, talking about Nazis, and they're like, oh, we are the baddies. We are the baddies. You know, the United States of America is the baddie, so we can't expect the United States of America to magically enforce justice when we're the ones perpetuating it. And we're the ones who would have to force the UN. like, is the rest of the world really going to take us on? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Cause who's going to hold us accountable.
0: Accountability. Us. Ah. It always comes back to accountability. It always comes back to it. Most <laughs> of our conversations yeah. we had so far have just been strict coming back to accountability.
2: Yeah. Well, that's cause that's real. Yeah, there's really no way. There's there's no way to work within. I mean, I don't. I'm a person who works within the justice system, right? I'm a person who solves things in court, and I'm a person who went to court with people when they were facing losing their homes for years, uh, every day. And I did the very best I could, and I still do, you know. And um, but I'm aware that so, it is.
0: Well, like, where are the checks and balances? <laughs>
1: You don't check your ba- and balance yourself out of your job. or right. You don't check and balance yourself out of what you, you've you been used to doing and want to do. Nobody does that. I mean, so that's why it can't get better. Because the same people we're relying on to make it better, it's already better for them. So they don't yes. care about who it's not better for. Correct. So then they never going to check and balance themselves away from it. It's, uh,
2: I mean, you know. Uh-huh. Y'all, we put that clause in the Thirteenth Amendment. That's all you really need to know. And we did not mean it.
0: If you if you could speak on that, <laughs> I would appreciate. it.
2: Well, I would, except my boss is blowing me up with texts asking me to come back to my um, rest of my job. But yeah, so we <laughs> didn't we didn't mean it. I'm happy to talk to you all another time because even though all of this is really really bad, um, I do still feel hopeful because look, we're having this conversation about it, and we believe that. And CJ, you keep asking me over and over again. Well, what can we do? Well, we can elect different people. You know, we can be, we can uh, not let a person become a prosecutor in Kentucky that isn't aware of what that job really means and what kind of power they really have, and and uh, and agree to hold themselves accountable at some level. Like we can do that, but it's it's really hard to get people excited about that. It's not sexy. Um. And it's a big whole chunk of information that you have to accept that the way we're doing things is really wrong and nobody wants to hear that the entire approach and everything that anyone who's been trying to do justice for the last however many generations has been doing it just completely wrong absolutely and i have no problem admitting that and i have no problem admitting that as a person who participates in it um like that i have done harm by participating in it but i I don't know how to convince the, the prosecutor
0: in my town right here, Rob Sanders, I don't know how to convince him of that. Listen, Wood, I, I appreciate you for your time. We definitely had to have you back for part two. Uh, you know, going through the first season right now, I definitely would like to have you back. Uh, I, I appreciate your information and uh, your advocacy. So, uh, yeah. you know, each day I, I feel like, uh, you know, you're working for, I have somebody working for me. Yeah, least, you know, with, with me in mind cool. so that's, I, yeah. that's much appreciated
2: yes even if i'm not doing anything directly and personally where i'm like representing you cj i am you are in my mind um and i will say this dana this is my other like almost daily thing i try to do to help help myself yes i'm listening you
1: see i leaned in because i <laughs> want to know
2: is i think okay yeah cj what would this mean for cj and then I think of all of those other folks in different populations and places and whatever. And then I think, okay, who am I not thinking of? Because there's always somebody I'm not thinking of. There's always an experience. Is that That's that margin to center bell hooks training, like bell hooks yeah. is feminist theory of margin yeah. to center. So I'm always margin, margin to center every single day of who is who's in my margin. Like, you know, I know I'm not the asshole that's like trapped right here. Mm-hmm but I'm trapped somewhere Mm -hmm. and where am I not seeing? Who am I not seeing? And so I sort of, I'm always challenging myself to think of who am I not thinking of here and there. And I don't ever get all the way because I don't know enough for enough people. Um, But by doing that, it helps me um, keep pushing.
1: I love it. So we learned, well, here's what we got to ask ourselves every day is what am I wrong about? Right. Um, who, Who am I not thinking about? And then What's the what power can we gain? Yeah, from doing whatever it is that we're doing, and mm-hmm. that power is not just your own power. Obviously, it's a collective power.
2: It's the community. I love it. The Those only way, life lessons. Yeah, the only way that you have power is in community. That's yeah. it. So, if I mean, I'm never going to have any power just to be care about myself. You know, my power comes from trust and real connection, and building community. So, if
0: Community engagement. Here goes. That's it. That's right. another community engagement part. That's it. Um, so, how can people uh, support you and support their? Friends? Um, by
2: not being an asshole.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> simple and plain.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, by by choosing to educate themselves and and do what they can to improve yeah. the lives of others in their community and be involved.
0: So are there, uh, can you direct uh, the people to any resources that maybe uh, personal, or professional, uh, that they can utilize? Uh, well, yeah, that? I mean,
2: there's some really great commu- sort of community leadership programs out there. You know, there's NLC Kentucky. I'm on the board the board of Emerge Kentucky, which is a, just for women only, but it's a democratic training program for for women. Um, but it goes a lot farther than that and building people to community leaders. But so does NLC Kentucky, the new leaders council. I tell people jump on those, jump on those boats. They're great, you know, and they will give you a concerted amount of time in your life to focus on how to build tools and connections in your community. Um, It's just a a meaningful, semi-easy, formal structure to do that. So I'm always encouraging people to do things like that and other sort of training programs, the ARENA training program for political action that um, Hood to the Holler, you know, promoted and has trained now so many people in Kentucky to be better engaged leaders in their legislative community. Um, that's a big way. And then of course, for the health focused advocacy, Kentucky voices for health, where I work, that's the way to go. Um, we put out the word and we're always got our eyes open and our ears open and we get after it. So, um, we do some of the legwork for you. I read the, I read the bills. I will tell you what they say in an easy way. Um, and I will tell you why I think they are helpful or harmful. And then you can also make your own decisions and what to act on for Kentucky. So we do, um, legislative tracking, and make that available. So if you go to kyvoicesforhealth.org, you will find our newsletter. And that's, that's the keys to those kingdoms.
1: Um, that's but awesome.
2: Yeah, if you yeah, want to come yeah. back to me, that's easy enough. I'm very easy to find.
1: <laughs> awesome. I'm going to sign up, even though I don't even live in Kentucky. But, you know, I have many, many, many people I love there. So it's important for me to stay in touch as well. So I'm going to do that right
2: now. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, you got family, you got people. You still got to spread the word when you're like, hey, y'all, today's the day. Make this phone call. Those phone calls matter. Really? Okay. They seem like you're throwing into the void, but they are not. They matter.
0: This one, i tell you, I'm going to include this in the link and also uh, certain portions of audio. Listen, listen to what is being said. Uh, We really want to change. Sometimes we have to be the ones to change, really be the village. And, you know, uh, still be hopeful. You know, it may sound uh, right now some very pessimistic things just because of structures, but honesty, hey, the truth shall set you free. So, uh, you know, still remain optimistic. I'm still hopeful, you know, uh, you know, having these conversations. I think there are things that can be done, but we really have to be united and mm-hmm. not you right. know, divided as so many uh, other sectors may uh, have us. But, uh, Kara, I appreciate your time. Thank you for, uh, you know, your transparency and, uh, you know, a conscious conversation. Then uh, as usual, I appreciate you for being aboard. And- uh, Glad to be here. Everything that you added. Um, you know, definitely have family in Kentucky. So I'm, all these things I'm gonna be a support of. So, um, you know, uh, in closing, if, if there are any last words that you would like to say, you know, feel free. Uh, you know, if not, I would definitely uh, look forward to joining you again on our part two, uh, when we bring up and build up the conversation again. Uh, Looking forward to it. Dana, is there anything else that you would like to share? No,
1: Kara, thank you. Um, You dropped a whole lot on us today, um, but part of that being a community is the knowledge, right? So the more that we can increase the knowledge base, I think the more the community will come together because you can't deny it once you know it, right? So I think do better. When you know better, you do better. Thank you, ma'am
2: one of my
0: favorites.
2: Thanks Uh, y'all. I mean, thanks for having me. Like uh, uh, these are the kind of conversations that help me get through my week.
0: Oh, awesome. So, so glad to be a, be a part. So, uh, you know, in closing, you know, once again, I appreciate everyone for their attention and we will join together again, next conversation. So I hope this message reaches you well and helps you along the way, be encouraged and make this day, evening or night, a great time. And I appreciate you everyone so until next time till next time nothing ever was handed all about respect never about ego wish i could retire a long time ago and disappear way behind the trees but my homies kept influencing me said they needed to hear my lyrics, like my flow, cause they felt my spirit, plus the people needed to hear it, a conversation with Kashi Itch's lyrics, period.